Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 5 of the podcast Under the Stairs. I am one of your hosts, Duncan McLeish, and I am joined as always by the ghastly Graham Humphrey. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. Let's just get this out of the way. Elephant in the room. Cedar Chucky. It's not going to be pretty, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, I expect... Th- this could be... Because I don't think we got any C-bombs in the last... Uh, no, you last... you said you did. Did I? Aye. Well, you never did. No, I know I didn't. I've, uh, <laughs> I've, I've been made aware that um, I have certain uh, reoccurring catchphrases, <laughs> shall we say. Uh, speaking, you... speaking to speaking to one of my mates about the uh, about the bonus one, and they were asking why I wasn't on it, and I was just sort of saying that I, I I was too busy that week, so I wasn't able to do it. And that's what they were saying. It's like, well, why didn't Duncan just like uh, you know sort of set up a, a pre-recorded Graham button so that you could just push it and it'll just generate one of your like general phases of amazing or fuck that it's shit. Uh, which is which is pretty accurate, really. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not it's not really a, a proper podcast without Graham saying cunt. Um, we've, we've all we've all come to affectionately take that 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 as a a, a sign of Graham's enjoyment. Exactly, Jamie's fucking <laughs> like like she she's getting as bad as me. <laughs> see if you listen to her on the skeleton crew if you listen to jamie jenkins do devour the podcast there's a, there's a there's a hint of smut there's like a there's like a dash of smut right see when you listen to, listen to her on the the skeleton crew she's like fucking triple x rated i swear what to god that? what the fuck was that message she sent me the other day about like fucking strap-ons and all that or is it, uh... <laughs> all right I, she said. She said. Um, uh, I think she thought as a prerequisite to take anyone's place on this podcast, she needs. <laughs> she needs a bobby. So uh, she was just going to buy a prosthetic one. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, massive shout out to Jamie Jenkins because we love that lady. Um, so so uh, we're also going to have to come slightly clean here as well. We recorded the last part. The the closing section of podcast uh, episode number four just before we've recorded this so <laughs> i have made so, a cup of tea in the time in between though yeah i forgot that my bottle of ginger beer was in the freezer so i now have ginger beer slush oh disaster oh it's, it tastes fucking wicked so oh, really? I'm, I'm a, yeah listen <laughs> mm, tangy so <laughs> so so uh, yeah, so what have you uh, like? You've been working really pretty much since I spoke to you last. Pretty much, man. Yeah, um, yeah. I did a uh, six-day week this week, and I did nine days in a row. Oh, it sounds pretty fucking sore, if I'm honest. Wasn't ideal, but you know what? It, it gives me an extra day off next week, so I can come up to Glasgow. Yeah, I got a chance to see you, my man. I'm looking forward to that. So it's not all bad. It's never all that bad. Exactly. It's all about <laughs> balance. <laughs> spot on, spot on. Uh, since I last uh, spoke to you, my copy of Crystal Lake Memories has arrived. Oh, right, aye. I've not watched a bit of it yet. I'm hearing mixed reviews, actually. Um, the Killer POV podcast that I listened to, um guy on there called Elric Kane, uh, he... 
has watched all in one sitting and what he said was he thinks the recommended thing to do is basically watch it like a special feature on a, a DVD. So watch the film first, then listen to their right, talk okay. about that film. Aye. So almost is like a behind the scenes sort of thing for each individual one as opposed to watching it like... Um, because the guys did Never Sleep Again, which you, yeah. which I watched in one sitting. It's yeah, an easy too, watch. Yeah. But this one's like seven and a half hours long. Plus, because I pre-ordered it, I got a disc with two and a half hours extra. <laughs> so that's like ten hours of fucking documentary, man. That's, yeah. that's quite a lot. That sounds perfect to me, man. <laughs> um, what else have I watched since I last spoke to you? Um, I've watched Trick or Treat. Oh, uh, yeah. Small anthology film from uh, 2006, which I yes. happened to adore. And I was going to save it off to Halloween, but I, I couldn't wait. Uh, <laughs> uh, I watched Idle Hands. Remember Idle Hands? I do. Dexter Holland, the offspring, yeah. gets his head ripped off. Man. That's right. I, I watched that film, and it's it's another one of those ones that's just so painfully dated. Yeah. <laughs> what song um, is it they're playing when, they, when he gets killed? Oh, man. No, sorry. I'm not, I, I can't remember. <laughs> so, I will. Uh, I watched My Name is Bruce. Oh. Oh. Now, <laughs> there is a reason behind this. There's a particular line in My Name is Bruce that when I hear it, I can't like stop laughing. I mean, uncontrollable laughter. Uh, and it's a, <laughs> it's a scene where he comes back and his, his ex-wife's left a message on the answering machine about alimony money. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he starts going off. He, he, he rips the the answer machine out the wall, and he goes, "Oh, you can fuck off!" And he opens the door and throws it out into the the kind of desert area. And he says, "Sleep with the scorpions, bitch." That fucking ends me. Like every time, I, it's like a direct line straight to my funny bone, and I had fucking tears and everything. But solely based on that line, I had to watch the film. So <laughs> I, love that, I love that movie so much, man. It's so good. Ah, fucking so so funny. So um, and I've watched obviously Kill List and mm. Seed of Chucky and mm. prep for for tonight's podcast. Mm. So yeah. So um, is there anything else you want to say before we we start chatting about some awesome news stories? Um, no. <laughs> I was trying to think if there's anything I had anything interesting I had to say there and uh, nah <laughs> dramatic pause um, right so we will be right back um, after this short music clip to talk about some of the news stories <laughs> And we're back. Um, welcome back to our, our news segment called News Motherfucker, Do You Speak It? And in this news section, what we're going to do is we're going to mix it up this week and we're just going to dedicate the whole news section to uh, talking about how unbelievably awesome the new season of American Horror Story looks. That's American Horror Story 3 Coven. Um, what we've done is we've been looking at a lot of the promotional teasers that have come out recently and uh, I don't know about you Graham but I am sitting here with wood right now well do you remember serious wood like, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> uh, the, the first time 
uh, I found out that it was going to be called Coven. Like I, I texted you pretty much just saying I'm sold. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we discussed in the, the first podcast under the stairs episode that one of my things is, you know, what one of my big, you know, massive check boxes for horror is like witchcraft and, and stuff like that. Yeah, that you are and, the witch guy. And when they said that they were going to do a season set in Salem called Coven based on like witches and stuff like that, I was nearly crying. Like, just tears of sheer joy. And now that I've watched the, like, you know what? Even forget the, like, we teaser trailers or anything like that, you know, because like, they, they're all amazing, but you just need to watch that opening sequence. Oh, like, yeah, the, the, those, those actually guys re- and, like, the black robes and, you know, like, just, man. I, do, yeah. I, I actually, I, I genuinely, I don't know what to say. I've honest to God good response. Yeah, it's um, the for anyone that doesn't know, they have actually released the opening credit sequence for the the new season, and it's just like the like when I saw uh, Asylum's opening credits, I was sold right from the start. I was like, this looks dark and fucking eerie and creepy as fuck and this one is more beautifully shot in terms of the, the it's not as it's not set in an asylum so instantly mm. it's not as creepy but there's something about the shots that they have those individual set pieces that just completely blow my mind absolutely just i mean i don't need to i don't even need to think about the fucking huge actresses and actors that are attached to this project i don't even need to look at that that solely makes me think that this could be potentially the best television program this year like uh, remember when uh halloween 2 came out and you uh you were saying you know that pretty much rob zombie just looked into whatever i was interested in and like you know oh, it was yeah. like it was a, a good looking bud who worked in like a, a mad like coffee shop who was into like grunge and all that type of stuff I was like, yep that's all my boxes take they pretty much just like i mean they might as well for this season have just come to me and said right okay we're gonna make American horror season. Uh, sorry, American horror story season three. Would you want it to be about? <laughs> That's pretty much like they, they, like because I you know, obviously I haven't seen the actual season yet, but just based on the clips that we've been watching, like they've pretty much just already ticked all my boxes. Yeah, it looks. Uh, it looks. Oh, it looks stunning. I mean, if. Uh, just everything about it, man, just has me excited, and we're not that far away from it. Um, I think it's it's out in two weeks' time. Well, I'm still I'm still a year away yet. You're still a year away yet, and I don't know how I'm going to be able to hold my <laughs> hold my tongue basically um, while while I'm watching it, and you're not able to watch it. So I'm going to have to set up some sort of system that allows you to see it earlier. <laughs> Uh, that's that is that is a necessity, I think, uh, because I think it'd be really cool to be in a position where, you know, we, we could actually talk about episodes on this podcast. Yeah. I don't know if that yeah. will happen, but the the beauty of this is you could, in theory, see season two without seeing, uh, sorry, see season three without seeing season two because each season standalone. So uh, that might be something that we have to do. Yeah, definitely. I'm still gonna be. Um trying to batter through season two as well but uh, you know I, I, like you're saying i can probably watch two and three side by side at the same time and it's, uh, i might as well be watching two different series uh two Definitely. different programs sorry 
Um, so yeah, I'm I'm up for that. I just need to figure out <laughs> so, how I'm going to do it. <laughs> we'll work something out. We will work something out. We'll use uh, there's plenty of magic and technology to help us with that. But uh, yeah, this like I say, it looks like it could probably be um, one of the highlights for me this year. And uh, I mean, what I want to do is talk just a little bit about uh, the kind of impact that that the really good year and horror has had on television and I think I mean shows like American Horror Story have just completely paved the way now yeah. for this this influx of of horror making its way into our televisions I mean this year saw uh, the start of Bates Motel yep. which I thought was a brilliant television series I thought it was it was really strong but it's so much room to go weird and wonderful places in the next season so I'm, I, I'm very much looking forward to that. Hannibal, I fucking loved Hannibal. I thought Hannibal was probably the darkest television programme I've ever seen in my entire life. It's fucking stunning. In um, a classic Graham fashion, I haven't seen them yet. <laughs> You'll get but there, you, man. But you know that's what I'm like with TV shows, I wait until they come out on DVD and then I get a DVD and I just bash you blitz them like a day. You do, you blitz them. Definitely. So I mean, like that. I think Hannibal's either out now or it's just about to come out. So I'll get my hands on that and I'll I'll bar through that. And as soon as Bates Motel comes out as well, I'll get my hands on that. And uh, and then as soon as Asylum comes out, man, off off work for like three days or however long it'll take me to get through it. Phones getting turned off, laptops getting turned off, just. Uh, the world can just fucking disappear while I watch that program. The thing is, it's only the, the beauty of American Horror Story is it's only th- uh, it's only twelve episodes. Yeah. So if you've got a couple of days off, you can more than easily blitz right through that. Easy, not well, a problem. We managed Twin Peaks in four days, so I'm sure I can manage it. Oh fuck <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> could do all three. That, that was that was both seasons in, in four days, so. Um, that's impressive. I needed a week off afterwards to recover, but we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> did 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 Bob invade your soul? Uh, no, it, it, no, I'm, I'm alright. Um, I did spend pretty much the, the majority of the time thinking, Kyle McLaughlin is fucking awesome, man. He's a brilliant actor, man, Indeed. he really is. He's amazing. And, I, and then I did also watch the uh, Sesame Street um, Twin Beaks um, thing several times as well. I've never seen that. It's, it's, no, it's fucking metal. amazing. There's, uh, <laughs> there's this section on uh, Sesame Street called Monster Peace Theatre. Where uh-huh. like they they would um, like recreate loads of like famous plays and like stories and stuff like that. But one of the ones they do is Twin Beaks, um, and it's <laughs> Cookie Monster as um, Agent Cooper. <laughs> it's amazing, man. Watch it, YouTube. It's on YouTube. It's I'll, I'll, after this, I'll definitely get that watched. But uh, yeah, so so. Uh, this brings me into our last story. Now, I am a big fan of The Walking Dead. I don't know if you are, Graham. Well, I tried watching it when it came on Channel 5 over here, um, when it first came out, season one. But yeah. as we've just been discussing, I can't do that. I can't watch. I can't make myself sit down at the same time every week and you know, watch an episode that really grips me and then have to wait a week to watch it, blah, 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 blah. I couldn't do it, so I had to wait until it came out on DVD. Yeah. Um, and then I watched it on DVD, and I really loved the first season. I haven't ever got round to watching season two, 
Yeah, all I right. know that two is out, obviously, obviously has been out for a while, and I know that three is out on DVD here on Monday, I think it is. I think, yeah, I think that's right. So, yeah, basically I need to get my hands on Walking Dead 2 and 3, American Horror Story, Story Asylum, Hannibal, and Bates Motel. And, uh, <laughs> I envy you, man. That's a lot of fucking quality telly, by the way. Yeah, when the fuck am I going to watch it? <laughs> that's what I don't envy. But... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, the the they recently announced AMC, the company that put out The Walking Dead, recently yeah. announced that they are doing a spin-off from The Walking Dead, and basically what this will be is very sketchy on details at the moment, but they'll be running uh, another Walking Dead season, which runs as a companion piece, but obviously not following any of the characters. Yeah. From from our one, the the original series, uh, it's kind of been met with kind of two forms of fan reaction there's one set of fan reaction which is well we love walking dead it's like one of our favorite television programs um you know if this is run um in between the series that's running just now that feasibly means that walking dead will never actually be off our television yeah which is a great thing and it's also been met with Another, as you can be surprised, well, maybe not surprised, another fan reaction is that this is basically cashing in on a successful season. The problem is that we might be given too much of it, and as a result of it, the kind of stimulation that we get from the original series will be uh, diluted somewhat by having another one. So, I mean, my... I've heard a couple of ideas floating around that I would like to see done. The The big idea that I think would work really well is if each season of the spin-off was solely its own entity, very similar to American Horror Story. So yeah. they could pick anywhere in the world and pick a group of people surviving to get from point A to point B. Yeah. And wrap it up in 12 episodes or 13 episodes, however many it is, and then that's it done. We don't see those characters again. So the next season... So you're getting almost like a kind of anthology formula put over into that world which I think yeah. would work really well um, I don't really want to meet another bunch of characters who we're going to follow the next four seasons with I've yeah, already got it, a, it, I've already got a programme that does that yeah it can't it can't be Walking Dead but with just different characters it can't be that because you know like if that's the case then you're getting essentially you know like what happened with like CSI and Law and Order and all those programs not that I'm a big fan of any of them but people were big fans of them and then you've got another program that's just the exact same but with different actors but essentially the exact same and you know they they just kind of become interchangeable and everything just becomes washed you know like watered down and like if, if you've got Walking Dead right which is four seasons of a set of characters in this situation trying to survive, and then you've got another see, you've got another program, which is a set of characters trying to survive the same situation but just in a different location. No, what the fuck's the point in that? You need to yeah. do something different with it. Um, can they? If they can do something different with it, then I think that'll be a big. If they, if they can do something that adds to the overall mythos of the um, kind of franchise without stepping on the toes of the actual series, then it'll fucking blow up, man, because it's already so, so huge. If they can do this right, Walking Dead's just going to crush everything. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. 100% agree with you. Um, 
so yeah, we'll we'll need to we'll need to wait and see. Time will tell, as they say. And uh, with that, as we Van will... Halen once said, yes, as va- as time only time can tell if we'll stand the test of time. Good one. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, the classic <laughs> Van Halen. Uh, <laughs> with that, what we'll do is we will finish up our new segment. Uh, you're going to hear the trailer for Kill List. And we will be back momentarily to give you a review. One, two, three. Look at that. And we're back, and um, yeah, you always do that bit. It's my turn, right? <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> that was fantastic. Uh, maybe you should do that from now on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the trailer for uh, Kill List. I'll give you some info on Kill List. The film came out in two thousand and eleven. It was directed by Ben Wheatley and written by Amy Jump and Ben Wheatley. The film stars Neil Maskell as Jay, Mayan Burring as Shell, Harry Simpson as Sam, Michael Smiley as Gal, Emma Fryer as Fiona, Stuart Roger as The Client, Esme Foley as Hotel Receptionist, Ben Crompton as Justin, Gemma Lee Thornton as Kira, and Robin Hill as Stuart. And the synopsis of the film is Nearly a year after a botched job, a hitman takes a new assignment with the promise of a big payoff for three killings. What starts off as an easy task soon unravels, sending the killer into the heart of darkness. Now, Graham, you had not seen this film. I had not seen this one. Um, and I was chatting to you about Mr. Wheatley. Yes. And we were talking about how awesome Sightseers is. Yes. And uh, obviously the conversation of Kill List comes up. Yep. And we were like, you know, we need to watch this film. Because I've seen it quite a few times now. I saw it in 2011, right at the end of the year. And um, 
I think I may have already said that I quite like this film, but <laughs> what we don't know is if you like this film or not. So, I will allow you to take the centre stage and uh, tell our listeners what you thought of Kill List. Well, while I was watching it, I was kind of thinking, yeah, like I was, I was enjoying it. It's quite dark and, you know, like it's got some moments that are a bit sort of tense and things like that because of the, the characters. But I was kind of thinking, you know... I'm not really sure why this film's built up so much hype, and I'm not really sure why it's um, classed as a horror film uh-huh. until that bit at the end. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, okay, I got you. Um, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think the... the you know, look, I, As with all of Ben Wheatley's films that... Uh, like that, I, I've I can sort of talk about that. There's definitely the sort of um, partnership type theme going on. Yeah. Um. You know that that kind of runs throughout all of his work, and I think that's one of his strengths. Um. Is he always manages to, regardless of the situation, it's always about the relationship between those two people. Um. And I think that's a really strong part of Kill List, but. You know, like some of it is just so fucking dark. Like, see when they go to the the wee like library place, and like you don't see what they're watching, but you can just hear like people screaming and stuff like that, and yeah. and they're watching that movie. And then when they're actually like like killing the librarian guy, and they're just doing it really slow, and he's thanking them for doing it the entire time. It's yeah. like really fucking dark, and it's just creepy. And then, like I said, you get to that bit at the end, and there's no way for us to talk about it really without spoiling it. Yeah, so we'll not we'll not spoil guys, this one. If, if you haven't seen it, then you really need to like just that that bit. Like it goes from being a movie about um like the the, the characters themselves to. I don't know if you really what I, I I'm still not a hundred percent sure what it is that they're actually doing at the end. Yeah. But it kind of like some weird kind of cult like activity and just when he's in that we circle and they're all wearing those creepy masks and stuff like that. Like, I'm trying to say as little heat as possible because <laughs> I don't want to spoil it for anyone. But like it's just fuck it's creepy as shit, man. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I uh, I saw this film based on the fact that I was looking at a, I think it was a list of films that came out in 2011 that were horror, all classified as horror, yeah. and I did it as part of my, uh, I think it was my... I, I, I can't. I, I do it periodically. I, I look at. I look at lists of horror films just so I know at the end of the year what I've missed, and I can go back and try and source a uh, particular film. So I, I get a chance to get a broad idea of what's come out in a year. Yeah. And um, Kill List was on there, and uh, I was like, you know, I need to check. I need to check this out. Um, and I watched it, and very much like yourself, for the majority of the film, I was a bit perplexed as how this was classed as a a horror film there are horror tropes throughout i mean mm. but i never really and I, I just i thought you know my opinion was that people were starting to lose 
a clear sense of what horror actually is and things were yeah. getting lumped into that genre unrightly yeah um very much like yourself until those last 15 minutes and, and my head was just fucking fucked yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was just I'd, i sat with my jaw open when that film finished just completely yeah. unsure of what had passed through my retina yeah yeah, yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> like the, the film because because it's like the film just kind of ends as well like it just sort of stops yeah and and i was just like like, I was kind of waiting for, like, right, okay, well, I've still got another four minutes or something until the end of this year, so clearly something else is going to happen. There's just, like, four minutes of credits. You're just like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Like, I've, yeah. I've come to the conclusion that, that, that I think that at a very, very young age, Ben Wheatley saw um, The Wicker Man. Yeah. And it pretty much scarred him. <laughs> and yeah. everything he does is on some level... A version of the Wicker Man. To me, Kill List is the reverse Wicker Man. Instead yeah. of instead of um, an outsider being brought into an environment he doesn't understand, and by delving further, eventually leading to his demise, this film is like the reverse of that, where you yeah. basically have a character that is being indoctrinated into something he doesn't understand. Um, and I can't obviously go any further than that. The film. Uh, is quite graphically violent in places. Um, I wouldn't say it was particularly gory, as much as it's not like you know, like loads of splatter. Yeah, but like that bit when he's like hammering the librarian guy's knees and his hands and stuff—that's fucking brutal. It's, it's, it's horrible, especially when you see his hand visibly snap. Yeah, um, and it doesn't. The camera doesn't shy away from that. The camera shows you, no. and. Um, I I did and not that, that really bird with like the mad like fucking I don't know if it's rope or barbed wire or whatever it is over her eyes. That's yeah, as well, man. It's it's just to me this film is I hate using the word I keep saying this film is clever, but this film is clever. It's it, to me Ben Wheatley is Britain's answer to your Ty West. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I think he does it very much like you going back to the 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 kind of the Wicker Man comparison. When America was doing their sort of horror, we were doing our sort of horror. So you had Hammer, and then you had things like the Wicker Man, which was kind of almost like folk horror. Um, yeah, um, and uh, that's kind of what Ben Wheatley. I think what he does, he takes kind of very British traits. Um, yeah. It's it's a very easily noticeably a British film. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Same with Sightseers. Sightseers is yeah. a British film, and when uh, if you get a chance to see a field in England, obviously the title yeah, is yeah, away. Yeah. But it's it's just that all his all his films are very British, and it, I think he sticks to that. He pays homage to to old English horror very yeah. much like Ty West pays homage to old American horror. And yeah. I think Wheatley's so, so clever. Such a fucking good filmmaker. His casting's perfect in this film. I'd, yeah. The, only, the yeah. only character I knew from anything, and this completely threw me, is the his friend's girlfriend. Is it Fiona? Yeah. Um, she is in a television programme that's shown on BBC One called Ideal, which is a kind of comedy, stoner kind of comedy, surreal thing, um, which uh, is, it stars Johnny Vegas, right, the okay. comedian. It's a fucking yeah. really weird program about a dope dealer 
who Gary Vegas comedian very much in inverted commas. <laughs> it's a it's a weird program, and she plays a kind of strange kind of airhead scouser in that. So that's but the only thing is. I've seen her before. And when I saw her in this, it's a completely different role. She's a business yeah. professional woman, and this confused me until I did a wee bit of research on Ben Wheatley and found that the Ben Wheatley actually directed an entire season of Ideal. Oh, right. Which then starts to make a lot of sense because that television program is a complete head fuck in places like really. <laughs> Really, there's some characters that are just like honestly right from nightmares. It's uh, it's not quite League of Gentlemen, but it's up there, man. Some of those sequences yeah. are pretty fucking horrible. So, yeah, I think and kind of closing in on this one, I think this film is is uh, almost fucking perfect. I love it so much. Um, it's. I think the pacing's brilliant in it. I think the suspense is excellent in it. I think the payoff at the end of the film is fucking great. Uh, I think the acting is solid as well. I think the directing um, is completely commendable. I think he's one of... Like I said before on the previous podcast when we were talking about Ben Wheatley's next project um, being based on a, a Ballard book. Yeah. And um, I'd said that you could pretty much attach Ben Wheatley's name to anything and I would go and see it. And this is the reason why. If you watch Kill List, if you watch Sightseers, if you watch A Field in England, you'll understand what I mean. This guy is talented. Yeah, um, very much so. And I'm, yeah, I, I, I think that Kill List is one of those odd movies that um, is probably better the second time you watch it. Definitely, definitely. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know because I've only seen it once. Oh, no. But, you know, I figure that actually knowing the twist will probably help yeah. set up the the rest of the movie a wee bit yeah the um, it, obviously the re- it'll, it'll take away that kind of you know what the fuck moment but um <laughs> i think it, it'll probably actually sort of increase the the overall impact of the movie so i'm looking forward to going back and watching it again yeah, I think the, the rewatchability of this film is high. I've seen it maybe about five times now, and yeah. every time I watch it, I get the same chills at exactly the same points, and even though I know the ending's coming, when that ending happens, like we say about, once again, not wanting to keep mentioning The Wicker Man, but when you watch The Wicker oh, well, Man... You know, that, that was definitely, that, that comparison definitely popped into my head straight away as well. It's that ending is just, yeah. and it leaves you, and then you have to you have to deal with it, you have to process it, and every time you watch that film, every time you watch The Wicker Man, you want Edward Woodward to be saved at the end. You know he's not going to be saved, you know that the, the, the police are not going to come over the hill to save the day, but every time I watch that film, I look at, I look at the distance, and I want a helicopter, and I want some police <laughs> officers to save that man, and it never fucking happens. And every time I watch Kill List, I'm, I'm left feeling the same way. And that, to me, uh, that's good filmmaking. Anyway, though, uh, we follow the Netflix rating style of 1. Hated it, 2. Didn't like it, 3. Liked it, Four really liked it and five loved it. What would you give this film out of five, Graham? I'm gonna go with a three and a half, which will probably move to a four the next time I watch it. I'm at a solid four for this film. I yeah. think. Uh, I think you're right. I think if you watch it again, I think there's a very good chance that somewhere down in a later podcast you'll say I'll ask you what you've been watching in the last week, and you'll be like, I've watched this, and we'll be like, all oh, right, aye, and then you'll be like, I watched Kill List, and by the way, it's a four. Um, yeah. <coughs> so, uh, with that in mind, we'll wrap up this review and we will play the trailer now for 
Oh dear. Seed of Chucky, which Fucking is the, the fifth film in our Child's Play retrospective. So we'll be right back after this trailer. Gloria, I've told you not to leave your toys lying about. Good God, you are hideous. <laughs> the last time, he took a bride. But this time, in order to become the parents of a human baby, they'll need just the right woman. Jennifer Tilly. Production is underway on the new horror flick, Chucky Goes Psycho. You know, I should have played Aaron Brockovich. I could have done it without the Wonder Bra. In Planned Parenthood, timing is everything, so you'll have to hurry. That shouldn't be a problem for you. This fall, Chucky's back, and he's delivering us some evil. Come to Papa. No wonder her career's in trouble. Seed of Chucky. That's my boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God bless the little people. This November, get a load of Chucky. And we're back, and that was the trailer for Seed of Chucky. Um, let's give you some info on this. The film was released in 2004, so that is six years after Bride of Chucky. Um, the director of this film was Don Mancini, who was also the writer. Um, the film starred Brad Dourif as Chucky, Jennifer Tilly as Tiffany and herself, uh, Billy Boyd... That whole, that whole side <laughs> of it is just a fucking mess. <laughs> Let me finish this bit first. <laughs> Billy Boyd as Glenn or Glenda. Um, Redman as himself. Oh, yeah, that's Red, Red, Redman, the rapper. You can do it! Um, <laughs> Hannah Spirit as Joan. John Waters as Pete Peters. And I'm not really going to jump into anything fucking else on that point. Uh, well, the actors and all the rest, because really they're all for, they're all forgettable. Um, and let me give you the synopsis for this piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> Chuck, they can't even bother putting Chucky. Um, and Tiff, so they can't even bother putting Tiffany. In fairness, in fairness, in Bride the Chucky, she do, he does refer to her as Tiff. Right, well... Oh, I'm willing to go with that, but no one fucking <laughs> refers to him as Chuck. Fuck right. off. Well, he does. No one. He says, "Don't fuck with the chuck." chuck. All right, right. Right. The the chuck and (laughs) return, resurrected by their son, and hit Hollywood in the fifth film of the Child's Play series. Right. No, they don't. In the second film of the Chucky series. Hi. Let me let me let me kick off on this bad boy here, Graham, and and. uh, 
we'll see we'll see how long I get into this before you kick off. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <clears throat> Where to begin? This film It's fucking terrible, right? Is, is, There's no way around it. <laughs> I didn't even get into this, right? I know. Have you ever watched have you ever watched um Underworld? Yes. Right. You know how Bill Nye's in that? Yeah. Bill right. amazing. Yeah, he is amazing, right? But he, he has a particular way in that film of saying abomination and he's like abomination. <laughs> right? That's what this fucking film is. This film is Bill Nye's disgust verbalized into one word abomination because that's what this film is it is a fucking abomination of fucking time energy acting money lighting script fucking breath food fucking space on this planet fucking dvd in my dvd rack fucking waste of time this is shit this is Oh my god, so fucking bad that what I want to do is take some fucking knitting needles and put them through my eardrums to bust my eardrums so I can't hear what they're saying and take the same knitting needles and put them into my eyes so I can't see what's on the fucking screen. This film sucks. Oh, that felt so good. Oh, that felt good, man. That felt good. Oh. Go away, Graham. Graham, come on. The fucking credit sequence is Chucky's sperm fucking coming out and, like, uh, fertilising one of Tiffany's eggs and then shooting out a fanny. Fuck off, man. Like, I do like, that, that's, it's just fucking pish, man. Like, do we, like, the, the doll, why does he get a wee fucking ponty English act? Why does he get fanged? Right. What the fuck? <laughs> right, he's all got all like... Fucking, all, the, all the Japanese shit where he's like a fucking ninja and all that. It's like, fuck off, man. This right. doesn't make any sense. No, I'm raging here. <laughs> right. Well, well, no, we can answer some things. The reason he's got an English accent is he's been kidnapped and placed in England. So l- l- let's l- let's look at some of the, also, the things. incidentally, Glastonbury's not in London. It's not. It's t- <laughs> but... So there you go. Right, let, let, let me just let me just run with this first, right? When I first saw this film and I saw the opening sequence of a very English family um, giving their daughter a present which was wrapped up and instantly, instantly you you do the, the, the thing that Gary pointed out in a previous couple of podcasts. You know it's going to be one of the, you know it's going to, you think it's Chucky, right? That's the point. And you're thinking, how the fuck has Chucky come back to life and wrapped himself up in a box, right? But you, you suspend your disbelief for, for a moment, and then you get this kind of POV um, shot of the girl not liking the doll and putting the doll away, and the doll coming out, and the doll grabbing a knife, and then the father finds it, and it's all, the bit where the doll stabs the dad, basically attacks him, stabs him, and falls off a banister down and lands on the ground, is a fucking really cool kill, I was with it, I was like, yes, Fucking yes, and then it the, the goes up, and then it kills the mum, and you get a gratuitous tit shot, which the yeah. Chucky franchise has never had to use before, but yes. fucking, we've got tits, right, so we're like, alright, this is what the sort of film is, and he kills her in a very psycho-esque moment, now I'm going to come back to that psycho-esque moment, right, yeah, yeah, because yeah. he kills her in the shower, right, and then... He, you know, he attacks the, the, the little girl and wakes up and what you find out is that it's not Chucky, it's the, the child or abomination that was born at the end of Bride of Chucky, right? So you get that sequence, right? And 
you know, it, you find it that he's been, he was filmed in America, he's been brought over, he's used in some sort of fraudulent uh, ventriloquist act, where obviously he is alive and he can talk, but the guy pretends. Um, but you then get the second psycho comparison, that the doll's sitting there and it's speaking in his head and it's, you know, I wouldn't hurt even a fly. Yeah, and yeah, the flies yeah. it so, right, second, second psycho rip-off straight yeah. away and we're fucking five minutes into this, yeah, right? Yeah. And they basically fucking ripped off, the plagiarised psycho twice. It's not homage, this is rip-off, right? So we then jump from there and then we find out that since the last film, the the kind of the Chucky myth has that the urban legend is now grown and Tiff or Tiffany's now involved with that, and they're making a film based on them. And you get this sequence where Santa getting killed and that British actor's on it. That I can't remember his name, but oh, uh, uh, what's his name? I've I've got it right here actually somewhere. Aye, uh, J- uh, Jason Fleming, right? Uh, who's a brilliant actor, but. Um, we get all this sequence here, and uh, like you say, we find that like the 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 son, the the child of of uh, Chucky, is sitting there, and he notices that on his wrist he's got a made in Japan stamp, and um, and looking at a news report talking about the Chucky film, he sees made in Japan on there, so instantly thinks, oh, these must be my parents. So somehow manages to smuggle himself across to America. Um, but he's got the amulet, you know, this amulet that just resurrects folks. Yeah, he yeah, resurrects yeah. them, and from there, all lots of hilarity ensue. Oh, yes. And fucking Jennifer Tilly's there as herself. The, the film is and basically the just like a, a fucking ego trip for her, really, isn't it? It really fucking is. Uh, and obviously, she's come, she's come to the franchise right at the very end, and all of a yeah. sudden, it's well, now more about her than it is about Brad Dourif. Well, Brian and Chucky's the same, man. Like, it's, it's it's mainly about her as opposed to being about Chucky. And then this film, Chucky might as well really no be in it. Let's be honest. Yeah. And that's... when and the bits the bits that he is in it, he's like, you know, it's just shit. Like, he's, he's not menacing at all. He's up, you know, fucking wanking and, and that um, paparazzi guy. Is, Thank God for the little people. And I say, fuck off, man. A bit shh, and then I get what you're talking about with the whole cycle thing. Cause uh, you know what? Anyone who who hasn't seen this movie, that I'm about to spoil this for. Don't fucking watch it, right? Cause it's it's just shit. Just don't do it. But then you get to the end, and obviously he thinks that it's Tiffany that's killed the person, and it turns out that it's Glenda, and she's got you know like split personality. You know, it's like fuck off, man. Like it's just. Brady Chucky didn't work when you had the two mad puppets as your two main characters. When you get three fucking puppets, that's going to work even less. And the basis of the story being that you've got a, you know, like, split personality mad fucking puppet thing that thinks it's a ninja, but then is also a fucking crazy serial killer and, you know, scares Chucky and you know, all that. And, you know, all that were murder addicts, we need to give up. And I was like, fuck off, man. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, it's... There's nothing, there is absolutely nothing redeeming about this film at all. Like, in any way, shape or form. Everything that that last film had, everything that Bride of Chucky had, that kind of made it passable for even a second, 
this film doesn't even have that. It's it's fucking awful. It's an absolutely awful film. And there are no saving graces and there is nothing to point out and merit in this film at all. I don't think it's particularly well shot. Um, I don't think... Like you say, the acting is... What is the acting in this film? Why is Redman in this film? Go and explain to me why why we have a fucking... Why is Jennifer Tilly in it twice? Like I, I just, I just don't understand that. Yeah, I don't get that bit. Like there's you know, lots of in jokes. So the, the thing is, she pokes fun at. I don't know if this was deliberate or not, but she pokes fun at herself as a doll. Looking at her, mentions about how annoying her voice is, and mentions yeah. how she's overweight when clearly she's not overweight. That yeah. her figure is fucking stunning in this film. It's like it, it's it's fair enough to poke fun at yourself if you know, like if if the movie calls for it, but it's not. It's not just cause to write a movie that way. You can't yeah. write a movie that way so that you can make the odd in joke. It just doesn't like. It, there's just no call for it at all. There's no need for her to be in that as herself and as the doll. It doesn't make any sense. If they were gonna do it, they should have done it the full. Um, you know, on the whole hog where it's Jennifer Tilly and Brad Dourif. Yeah. Like you know, and somehow they're together, or they're filming a movie, or something like that, and that, and it's Chucky and and Tiffany, and, and they're doing it that. But they don't do that; they just do it for her. I don't know if it was like you know part of her contract to make the movie was that she was only going to do it if she was like the main pull for it, or if, I don't know why the fuck they've done it that way because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, almost like a I I know what you're saying. Um, almost like a a, a new nightmare Aye. sort of thing where you you're. Uh, I know that they'd already done it, but I could, I could go, I could roll with that. I could roll with Brad Dourif walking around with with uh, 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 Jennifer Tilly and them basically, you know, filming a film about Chucky, and then Chucky actually is alive. And yeah, I, I could roll with that to an extent, even though I've seen it done before. I would sit here and poke holes in it, saying, "Oh, well, they just stole that idea of New Nightmare." Yeah. But yeah. I would have more respect for it then than all the fucking unanswered questions you're left with when you watch fucking see the Chucky. It just doesn't make any sense. None of it makes any sense. And I know we're talking about a horror film about a serial killer that possesses a doll, but it does not make fucking sense. It just it. it The thing is, it's not even the story that doesn't make sense. It's the logistics of the movie that doesn't make sense. Why the fuck is Jennifer Tilly in it twice? Yes. There's no reason. That's that's got nothing to do with the story. That's just why the fuck is she in it twice? There's just no need for it. Yeah. I mean, you... uh... And then you've got the the whole artificial insemination thing, and then you've got her having, like, two kids and a... Two of the ugliest kids I've ever seen in my life. And then, yeah, you get that end sequence where where um, essentially, you know, we're, we've jumped a wee bit into the future. I think it's five years in the future and that birthday party and the, the the nanny or the housekeeper says that she feels genuinely threatened by, by Glenda. Yeah. Who was the, of the split, but this is what doesn't make sense either. Assuming that the they've managed to um, take the, the soul of the the child doll and put it into one of the children that would mean that one of the children would be both glenn and glenda yeah it, it wouldn't be separated one into one child and one into the other child doesn't exactly. work that way but anyway <laughs> so so you're, you're giving this thing where she's legitimately scared of 
um, of of uh, Glenda, yeah. and then she is murdered by Jennifer Tilly, who we're left to believe has actually been possessed by uh, Tiff. Incidentally, mild spoiler that <laughs> ties in with something that happens in Curse of Chucky as well. All right, well, well there we go. Right, let's know. Let's mild know spoiler. <laughs> do, it does, doesn't spoil the story, but it it, it, it links into something. Right. Well, so so we're given we're given this right. We're given this this clip, and basically, so she is a killer. Um, and, you know, Tiffany's managed to somehow transfer over. So it's all like happy families, and then he the son gets a present. He opens a present once again. It's another wrapped box. How the fuck did the box get wrapped? And inside it is Chucky's arm, which then strangles him. Well, grabs his throat at the end, and then you get Chucky's laugh, kind of putting up in the air that there could be a possible sequel. Now all I'm going to say is I'm glad there wasn't a possible sequel. I'm glad that that something happened that made people wake up and go. And I don't even think I don't know how well this film performed at all. Don't know how much money it took in, but too much. It is such a bad film. It is. I, 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 I genuinely, I genuinely can't remember the last time I saw a film that was that bad. I, I well, I, I, yeah, yeah. I can't, I remember, remember when I wrote that review for Rock and Reels on the uh, the latest Otep album? Yes, yes. This is like the film equivalent of that album. <laughs> the thing is, you're talking about music. Where's the fucking cool soundtrack in this film? Aye, it's just not there. Can you remember the soundtrack in this film? No. All no. I can remember <laughs> is that the fucking... The, the Glenn doll is just like... Chucky looks fucking menacing, right? And he looks fucking evil, and he looks pure, like, grotesque and all that, even before he's all fucked up. Yeah. Right? And the Tiff doll, Tiffany, whatever her name is, um, alright, it's kind of, you know, like, less less serious by that point. But she still looks kind of a bit sort of creepy. Glenda is just like, what the fuck is this? Why does it look like the Grinch? Like... Why is it green? Like what the fuck? It's just shit, man. Fuck it. Yeah, I I really can't stress enough to our listeners who have not had the the misfortune of watching <laughs> this film that maybe if you've been listen if you've been listening to the podcast under the stairs and you've been listening to an episode and then going, oh maybe I should revisit the Chelsea Play franchise and you've been watching them one at a time along with us with this podcast how much I recommend that you don't put see the Chucky into your your DVD player your Blu-ray player or any device that you can watch it on because other than uh, other than a fucking paper shredder yeah it is absolutely not worth your time this film and th- this is why I I think this is why I know for a fact that certainly you went in to see Curse of Chucky with low expectations and why until I saw the trailer for the new Chucky film I, when I heard that they were doing another one, I was like, no, nah, no interested, fuck it, that franchise yeah. is dead to me, I hated that last film, I hated the last two films, no, no interested at all, and then I saw that trailer, and that trailer genuinely put the fucking willies up me, man, it was, <laughs> it, it properly creeped me out, that, that, like I said in a previous podcast, that scene where the woman puts her hand near the doll's mouth, uh, it puts a finger out there, and you don't see anything happen. That's, that's but, the thing again, man, Curse of Chucky is about Chucky, Yes. These two movies are not. Yes. Chucky's in the title, 
but he's basically a supporting character. Yeah. It's, it's Jennifer you know, Tilly. Yeah. And like we said before uh, in our previous podcast, she's not a bad actress, but why we're dedicating so much time to her is beyond me. Especially, what the fuck was Don Mancini thinking? Oh, I know, man. He, wrote and, he wrote and directed this film, right? He wrote and directed this film, so... I mean, Chucky is his character. He's the one yeah. that created Chucky. Why the fuck is Chucky relegated to, to being a minor character when he is... I mean, you wouldn't go and see a fucking Nightmare on Elm Street where Freddy Krueger was the, the you know, the, the, the character in the background. Hi, everyone. You know, I'm yeah, Freddy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look at me. I do quirky things. You know, you wouldn't go You wouldn't go and see a fucking Friday the 13th and Jason isn't the main fucking character. You wouldn't go and see a Halloween and fucking... Michael Myers isn't the main character. Why the fuck, why the fuck are we watching a fucking Chucky film and Chucky is basically there for one-line cracking fucking jokes and shite. The kills are forgettable in this film. The Aye. fucking acting is awful in this film. I, I know I've already just went through all this before. I do not like this film. I think this film is a complete waste of time. It's a waste of my time. It's a waste of Graham's time. It's a waste of your time. Um, and that's why I am I am praying, <laughs> I'm praying to Lucifer right now. <laughs> oh fucking demon soul, devil ya bastard! What I'm wanting from you is an opportunity to sit down and watch Cursed Chucky and feel the same magic, the same the same excitement. I don't even necessarily want to be scared. I just want to feel the same fucking fucking great feeling inside the pit of my stomach when Chucky comes on camera and I see him kill someone that I did when I watched Child's Play, when I watched Child's Play 2 and when I watched Child's Play 3 and that is you know, not too much to ask. You know when you're like really clogged up and you haven't had a shit for like three days and yes. then you finally go and it's like such a relief? Yes. There's a scene in Curse of Chucky, right, where I'm not going to tell you exactly what happens because it will kind of ruin it, but there's a scene where, because... For a lot of the film, I actually did feel, and again, I know this is jumping ahead of you, but, but I did kind of feel as if they were almost like, for, like just ignoring the original franchise. There's yeah. one particular moment in it where Chucky becomes the old Chucky that you remember him being, and it's such a relief. It's like taking a shit for the first time in like three days. <laughs> it just feels so good, man. Like when it happens, and you. Like, like I said, it's like it's the physical change. You'll see what I mean when you see the movie, and you see it, and you just think, yes, that's it. That's what I want. That's what I fucking should have got in the last two movies, but they fucked it all up royally. This is it. You, you've done it. Well done. I can't wait, man. I really, really, really can't wait. So let's with, with that note here. Is there anything else that you want to say about this abomination? It would have been better if Bill Nye had been in it. <laughs> it would have been. Bill Nye's awesome in everything, though. That's true. Is there anything else that you want to say about this piece of shit before we grade it? Nah, fuck it, man. Right. So, and I, I'm just going to put this out here. Uh, I know that uh, Mr. David Anders Jr. from uh, Devour the Podcast listens to this podcast. Um, we're going to hopefully get him on for a guest uh, very soon. Uh, a little guest spot on the, the podcast. Um, but I'm going to borrow one of his ratings for this film. So, what we have is a Netflix rating of 5 equals loved it, 4 equals really liked it, 3 equals liked it, 2 equals didn't like it, 
one equals hated it, and zero equals fuck this movie. And I tell you right now that this is a fuck this movie. No, you know what? I'm not even giving it that. I'm not. I'm not acknowledging it. It doesn't exist. It does exist, and you have to grade it, sir. I'm not grading it. <laughs> not doing it. I'm gonna to have to write on the. I've I, I got. To, I've write, I have to write this on the website. You can Graham, just write that I refused to grade this movie, man. Graham did Fuck not it. grade. <laughs> so it's ungradable. With, with that in mind, uh, I mean, with that in mind, we will take a short break, um, and you'll come back to us after some messages, and we will wrap up this motherfucking show. We're back, and uh, that was episode number five of the podcast Under the Stairs. And in that, we were reviewing uh, Kill List and The Seed of Chucky, which is the fifth and second to last in the Chelsea Play franchise. So, Graham, how do you think we did? Better than the fucking filmmakers did when they made Seed of Chucky, anyway. Fucking hell, man. I know, I know. Well, the, the thing is, I always knew that was going to happen. I always knew we were going to get to that stage. <laughs> I always knew we were going to have to watch it. when, As soon as we floated the idea of, let's do a Child's Play retrospective, I, I knew that we were going to have some good times <laughs> and we were going to have some bad times. We did. <laughs> we, we have had good times and we have had bad times. Yep, Child's Play 2, I think, is actually holding up the strongest out of a lot of them, personally. It's funny you should say that, because uh, Bloody Disgusting, um, was it Bloody Disgusting or Shock Till You Drop, posted either yesterday or today that they have re-examined and they pose the question, is Child's Play 2 better than Child's Play? I actually think it's held up better. I, I still very much, Child's Play to me is the original. It's, you know, it's the one that I love, it's the one that, I mean, I like some of the other ones, but to me, Child's Play really, it set the benchmark for, mm. I think the fact that, you know, there's that whole, you don't get to see the doll for quite a lot of it, and yeah. then when you do see it, it's like the, the shark in Jaws, um, yeah. you don't get to see it for most of it, so there's that kind of, you just don't really know what's happening, and then eventually, it comes along and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that to me, that, that to me is the... That's what I think about it. I, I do like the second one, and I've graded both the second and third one at the same level. So it has kind of pretty much went the way I thought it was going to go. Nah, you graded three higher than two, I'm sure. I thought I did. No, I gave them both three and a half. You sure? So, yeah, yeah. Four for the first one, three and a half for the second one, three and a half for the third one, one for the the fourth one, and fuck this movie for the fifth yeah. one. <laughs> so, yeah, I graded two and three the same because um, whilst they're completely different viewing experiences at the yeah. end of it, I still feel the same. Um, now, this is where things get quite interesting because 
If everything goes according to plan, the next episode of the podcast Under the Stairs, episode 6, will conclude our Chelsea Play retrospective and we'll have uh, Jamie Jenkins back to join us. Yeah. Um, she was obviously there for the first in the franchise. She will return with the last of the franchise. And um, I'm going to throw out a suggestion just now for the film that accompanies it. Um that we're going to watch and it's one that she's already reviewed before so I know that she has seen it and it's one that I have a copy of that I can send to you so how do you feel about doing something kind of in a similar vein and doing the 1987 film Dolls? No. Is that a no? No, I'm only joking. Yeah, I'm <laughs> um, I, 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 I think you, I, I think it'd be good to do, to finish off this one with doing a kind of a side-by-side sort of creepy doll thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm in here, aye? Let's yeah. So I will, I will send that to you um, tomorrow. No, I'll just get... wait until I'm up at the weekend. Oh, yeah, I could just give you it then, aye? That's awesome. That's cool. Um, and then we'll, we'll we'll see what you make of it. And uh, so that'll be the next podcast. Podcast number six will be Dolls. And the curse of Chucky. Um, as always, we like to do some shout outs at the end. Uh, big shout out to our brothers in Rock and Wheel Reviews. Aye. Including the, the, the boss man, Big Dave. Aye. And those, Hi, that, don't, <laughs> those that don't know, Rock and Reels uh, have started their own radio show, um, which can be found every Monday night. UK time between 8pm and 10pm and if you go over to rockandreelreviews.com and click the tab that says radio, you can listen to, at the moment it's our, our main man Mikey hosting the show, uh, giving you all the best in new and up and coming punk, rock and metal music and he takes requests on our Facebook page as well, so if there's a song that you want to hear, put it in the suggestion box, you never know, it might get played. Um, Big shout out to Devourer the Podcast, Jamie Jenkins, of course, we love you, Jamie. Um, big shout out to Skeleton Crew, Banana Laser, Gillen Roscoe, still waiting for that new podcast, guys, whenever, you know, it's not as if we're getting withdrawals or anything, but I'm sitting yeah, here, I I'm sitting here shaking. They've, they've maybe um, recently watched Cedar Chucky, and it's just, it's just putting off. I just, I just want to stress that, right, there may be some confusion here, right, between, right, Gillen Roscoe. Two Scottish guys horror horror podcasting. Podcast under the stairs. <laughs> under the stairs. Two, under the stairs. <laughs> podcast under the stairs. Uh, two Scottish guys horror podcasting. We are not Gill and Roscoe. We have not changed our names and started a new show. Um, <laughs> that's not what's happened, right? We're Rilling Gosco. <laughs> <laughs> grilling rock <laughs> yeah but we, we look forward to hearing a new one of the, their last episode I listened to it again uh, today and it was the they did a, a look at some of the Amityville horror films oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, The Conjuring and uh, My Amityville Horror I think it is the documentary yeah, um, so it's a very funny episode and I get a shout out at the end. So and so does Rock and Reels. So everyone should check them out. Gillen Roscoe's No oh, no, you didn't. They don't know you. Uh Gillen Roscoe's Bodacious Horror Podcast. So yeah, this has been a really, really good podcast. And another another short and sweet one for you all. I reckon when Jamie's on next week, the podcast could be about two hours long. <laughs> probably probably full of the dirty Jamie laugh. Um and the two use saying cunt a lot. 
well, because that's apparently what there's, happens. There's been, there's been two episodes now where I've no said it, so <laughs> I've made up for it though. Apparently, it's, aye, it's coming back big style next week. <laughs> the cunt is coming back big style. Exactly. <laughs> But uh, we just want to say thank you very much for for checking us out. Um, if you are listening to us through iTunes, go and leave us a wee rating. <laughs> if you leave us a rating, we will read it out on the show. Hopefully, nice ratings, though. Um, right, make you... sure, make sure it's a, at least a four. If not, I... <laughs> um, if you've got any uh, feedback you'd like to leave on any of our shows, you can send it by email to the podcast well sorry podcast under the stairs at gmail.com remember and visit our website at podcast under the stairs wordpress.com and if you're not a member of our great facebook group then there is always time to join go to facebook type in in the search bar podcast under the stairs and come along and join the group but don't you post any fucking adverts about sunglasses and all that shit what was that about Banned off the page. Um, I don't know what happened there. Uh, someone, if you don't know, someone asked to be added to our page. We put them on um, and they started posting advertisements for sunglasses. So just to let you know, if they you were do that... They were sunglasses or not? Yeah, they weren't nice no, ones. Yeah, that's fucking pish. <laughs> if you, uh, they weren't them my size or colour, Graham. <laughs> I couldn't wear them. They were chick sunglasses. If you do that on our page, we will ban you. So. <laughs> if you do that on our page, I'm going to hunt you down and I'm going to fucking slap you with my boot. I, I have a, a special set of skills that have made me. <laughs> so I will exactly. find you. Uh, Graham will go all Liam Neeson on your ass. Um, but uh, this has been... Episode number five of the podcast under the stairs. Graham, if you would like to please uh, say goodbye to our listeners. Farewell. What's and oh, what? Sorry. <laughs> said farewell. Godspeed. Yes, Godspeed or good speed if you're watching The Rock. Hello, good speed. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you know the etymology of your name? <laughs> Mason, Mason, are you alright? Oh, perfectly alright, you fucking idiot. Then <laughs> <laughs> Lomax, you piece of shit. Um, <laughs> just busting out the rock there. Uh, <laughs> but um, thanks very much for listening, guys, and we will catch you all on episode 6. Take care. Speak soon. Bye. Bye.